The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. What's going on, everybody? Eric Franson, AJ Salveson. What's going on, everybody? Good Monday afternoon. Monday. Hope you had a good weekend. I Ma- am Maniac Monday. Wish it were Sunday. You sound like Jim That's Gaffigan right fun now. That's my fun day. Who? <laughs> 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 oh, crap. I forgot my book. Jim Gaffigan. Who's, who is he's Jim a, Laffigan? He's a great comedian. He's Does funny. he laugh again? Huh? You get it? Uh, no? Uh, no? Uh, uh, oh. Eric, how was the freaking weekend? Was it all right? I mean, I know your Saturdays are pretty much taken away as you are uh, getting ready for pre and post of Utah State Aggie Sports, but uh, other than that, everything okay? Yeah. I thought it was an interesting weekend uh, with Region 11 starting it off. Uh, a lot of the area high school teams playing on Friday night. We had a very busy day on Saturday for college football. And the NFL got started this weekend. Yes, it did. Some of us are more happy than others right now. If you're an Oakland fan, you are probably thinking about just quitting being a fan of football as a whole. If you're a Patriots fan, you are uh, putting together a Super Bowl party already, like me. And Reggie, hanging out in Boy, February. Boy, they looked good. Yeah. They, they looked good yesterday. Okay, so here's the thing, though. Do they really need another offensive I weapon? I thought they would look better on offense than they would on defense. I didn't think... Look, I picked him in my fantasy football team, and I put him as my defense, and it worked out to be a charm. I didn't think that they'd play that well. Not 33-3 to well. Not shutting down their best receiver to two catches 68 yards well. Not holding Ben Roethlisberger to a minuscule QB uh, rating. Um, that I mean, not made him look like a veggie. Burger. Not yeah, not no not holding him to nine of sixteen in the first half. Well, they did everything that they wanted to do defensively to Pittsburgh, and that just amazes me defensively how well they played. That that was really what stood out to me. Not the Philip Dorsett two catches, deep catches in the end zone. Not, you know, and no David Andrews at center, so they have a brand new center out there, Ted Karras, and he ends up playing really well. Um, not Julian Edelman, you know, none of that. And by the way, they still have Benjamin Watson coming back after four games. Nikhil Harry after eight games, I believe, from the IR. Um, so they're not done. Oh, yeah, and by the way, I guess they picked up a guy from... Central Michigan, Antonio Brown, I heard. Uh, we'll see how good the guy is. I mean, we'll find out. I, but according to Pittsburgh, he's pretty good. That's why they're so pissed. What what a weird weekend that Man, was. Just because when we were on the air Friday, we were thinking, okay, maybe things have gotten resolved. Yeah. He apologized to the team. But then there were more shenanigans over well, the weekend. And, I mean, and, well, like, and, you know and the what? stories Enough. that are coming out I mean, from Chris. And by the way, Chris Mortensen is a trustworthy, reliable story. I love Chris's work. I really do. Um, and so the story that came out about him using social media to blast his team and to destroy any relationship we had with the Raiders so he could get traded is interesting. What makes it even more interesting is the fact that after that, then there's report that the Patriots were willing to give up a one or two first round picks to Pittsburgh to get Antonio Brown in March, and Pittsburgh's like, uh, no, go somewhere else, and so they're like, all right, we'll do it the long way, and they, I mean, and sure enough, Antonio's like, well, I want to go to New England. Oh, I can't. You're gonna send me to Oakland? Well, watch me, and sure enough, he destroys Oakland in every, and 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 the thing is, is like. There's two iron. There's two ironics to this, and and one is this. Uh, we all remember Randy Moss and his like whole. He went just mentally crazy almost. Well, at the end of his term in Minnesota, went to Oakland and it got worse. Well, where did he go from Oakland? 
He went, yeah, he to, went New to New England. And New England sudden, has a habit of picking up twenty three touchdowns later. Are, Randy Moss and his team are in the Super Bowl at at, at eighteen and zero. Yeah, somehow uh, New England just has a magic touch with players that just are. But this Just is different. On an island or messed yeah, up. But this is different. Randy and Moss. They go there and all of a sudden everything's right in the world and but it's part of the machine. This is so much different from Randy Moss, and this is actually more volatile, and here's why. Snapchat, Twitter, Instagram, the whole thing is available at the fingertips of Antonio Brown. That wasn't there when Moss was going to New England in 07. They were able to tame him a lot more and control him a lot more because there was no social media besides Facebook. Now MySpace. It's, yeah, in MySpace. <laughs> and, and now you have your fingertips on your phone where you can type whatever you want. And so um, as a Patriots okay, but diehard fan... With everything that's happened over the last couple of months with Antonio Brown, how much of it was him just... He's off his rocker. He's got issues he's just an unstable prima donna or how much of it was very planned very strategic and just to get out of his deal at oakland so he could be where he really wanted to be in new england and he's going to be a very different character once he shows up in my and that's a great and that's a great i mean Dude, there's so many gosh dang like outlets we could take on this. Because an hour later no, from being great. released, he signs with New England. Well, here's the thing. Remember, again, New England Can't wanted tell him. Me that in wasn't March. already planned. No. Well, okay, planned by who though? You say New England was in on it. You're saying New England's Bill Belichick. Hey, uh, would you get on a uh, Snapgram and uh, just go ahead and post something about the letter? I think that might uh, that might do it for us. We get him back. No, but I don't think they helped him in his strategy. But they're. I my, think his I'm, agent did, though. I think his agent was. In fact, I'm confident agent, that New England had to have said, "Look, do what you can to get out of your deal. When you get out, we'll be right there for you." Yeah, I think his agent. So how he got he out was, was on, was on first him. take today, and his agent got on there and said, "Yeah, I didn't know about it. I'm. I'm yeah. Yes, you did, oh, Drew." You knew everything that was going on. You knew your client wasn't happy. You've been working for the Patriots for the last 20 years or with the Patriots in regards of clients that you've had. Rob Gronkowski's one of those. And you're going to tell me you didn't know? Give me a break, man. You might have went to him and said, uh, look, I know you're not happy here, Antonio. I know you want to go to somewhere where you have a good quarterback and a good system. I've got one for you. Let's see if we can make it work. And they did. Now, I know, like... Is he a despicable, in regards of being football league NFL player, is he despicable? Absolutely. It is disgusting what he did. The fact that he ruined that, I mean, he didn't suit up for the Raiders not one game, and and, and they had every right to find him, and they did. And then, and then to record a conversation between you and your coach, but then the videographer for that conversation said, yeah, John Green said we could post it. Bull, give me a break. That's absolute garbage. Now, here's the thing. With his contract now with New England, they can terminate him by season's end, and he would get none of that money. Well, I guess he wouldn't get the rest of the money that he is uh, that he has signed up for this year. Now, but they've done something really interesting, and it's really uncharacteristic, or uncharacteristic of New England, is that they added on a little pot at the end of the rainbow and that's the $20 million guaranteed if he ends up playing in the next year. So New England's saying, look, we don't know. Uh, I mean, we know you're a hell of a football player. We don't know if you're actually capable of, of shutting your mouth, shutting off your phone, and playing football, though. Can you stay off the snap face, the migram, the insta face, and actually just play football for us? If you can't, get out of here. And go play for Cleveland and go play for a train wreck like them. Because we are a well-oiled machine. If you don't believe it, go watch tonight's game. And he did and saw a shellacking of 33-3. to And he probably scratched his head and said, so how do I fit in on this squad? I mean, it's just, like I said, there's so many outlets to this story. And we we only hit into like two or three of them. And, and But again, going back to your question of how much is it him crazy and how much is it is planned, I would say 20% him crazy. I'd say 80% planned. He wanted to go to New England. He wanted to get out of Oakland for whatever reason. I have no idea. Uh, and then he it worked. It worked. And then New England went back, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, they had $30 million in, in cap space clear for him, 
which is exactly what they're on. Because that's exactly what he asked for right? in Oakland. Couldn't How get. could that be possible if they didn't know what was going on? Yeah. Well, no, How well, could they have a contract language already ready for him to sign within an hour? You could read released. between the lines that Antonio, and it's not hard to make a contract, Derek. You get, you get on the computer, type up a few words, make sure the finances are clean, bam, you're done. It's not hard. Find and replace, change names. Now, the question is, and, and look, as great as this is for New England, I mean, there's two huge concerns. One, Antonio Brown. Because if he really is that mentally unstable, get him off your team. Josh Gordon is in the best environment right now. Why? Because it is distraction-free. It is drama-free. That is one player who cannot, and I mean in absolutely no way, shape, or form, cannot have any distractions in of any sort. Because if he does, he's going to go down that dark path again. And nobody, I don't think on anybody on this planet, wants him to do it. So... He's in. I mean, he's in the wide receivers room, and it's distraction free. Everybody's, you know, there for everybody. Can Antonio Brown continue that trend and actually lift it up, or is he going to go in there and create a a, a mess, which is going to take away from this team? And if again, if he does, look, kill the cord, be done with it, pay him his weak check, and tell him to get out. And that, and I think, and Bill will. I, I don't know what the conversation was between Bill and Anthony, but it had to be something of. Look, we love you. You're a great player. But if you do anything that's stupid that you did in Oakland, you won't get away with it here. We'll burn you here. If one thing, I have to give Antonio Brown some credit for making the start of the NFL season really interesting. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Uh, That whole drama has seized... Well, and there was some drama with Ezekiel Elliott as well, yeah. but nothing to the same degree as what was going on with Antonio Brown. So uh, it, it, the NFL season officially underway. They have the game on Thursday night, Packers and the Bears. Kind of a not a really dynamic offensive game, more of a defensive battle, but the Packers got the win. Uh, and then a full slate of games yesterday, and then you got a doubleheader going on tonight. Texans at the Saints. That's going to be at 5-10, so coming up in about an hour from now on ESPN. And then the late game will be at 8-20, Broncos and Raiders. And what's interesting to me is that the Broncos, even though this game is in Oakland, uh, are only favored by three. Despite all the dysfunction and all the drama going on with Oakland, Denver is only favored by three. Wow. No kidding. Huh, is that a mile? Where's that at? That is in Oakland. In Oakland. Okay. That should be fun. I'm excited about that. <laughs> see where see where things stand at this point. Uh, uh, any other games of the NFL's opening opening weekend that kind of stood out to you? Oh yeah. There's there's a few. Uh well, I mean, we can maybe give like our, our hots and knots. Uh hot right now, Kansas City. Not right now, Cleveland Browns. Oh my gosh. That was uh um Give me another hot Dallas Cowboys, not same division, Washington Redskins, who blew a huge lead. <laughs> um, uh, give me another one. Um, hot would be, I mean, I know it's only week one, but New England, not would be Pittsburgh. <laughs> um, uh, what? Oh, yeah. And by the way, uh, I let's see, uh, another hot would be. Give me, give me one of your hots. I have a knot for it, but I don't need a, I need a hot. Um, I'd say Baltimore. Uh, yes, and your knot is Miami. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, Baltimore. Oh my gosh, fifty nine yeah, points. Lamar Jackson, you, you, dude. Who the that heck? is so rare to see a score that high in the NFL? Yeah, and I'm um, Lamar Jackson throwing the ball that deep. Five touchdowns. He was incredible. He was. Does anybody yeah. have more fantasy league? Probably. You probably had him on the bench. Uh, but I, you know, how about the Titans though? Too uh, they that's a team. That, okay, well, I mean, do we say how they, about the Titans or how about the Browns? Well, how do you, I think how do you take that. Yeah, were the Titans that good, or were the Clevelands that dysfunctional? I, I, or the you, Clevelands? I would almost the Browns say that. Okay, so it's almost the latter more than the, the norm because, and, and, and here's the why. Um, you have a talented team like Cleveland, 
and you get your butts handed to you like that by the Tennessee Titans? The Tennessee Titans, man? Really? Like Marcus Mariota? Well, that was a playoff team just a few years ago. A f- okay. Two years ago. A f- a f- two, it's not three like years some ago. dumpster team that's never been there. Yeah, but we're talking about like Odell Beckham Jr. and Baker. I mean, and then they had they supposedly had one of the best offensive lines in the AFC. Well, that definitely proved false. Um, that's yeah. I mean, and but yeah, you're right. Credit to Tennessee coach Mike Vrabel, by the way, former Patriots, uh, great defensive end. Uh, he's, yeah, he's, he's got something going there. Um, how about Detroit? Did they, they beat Arizona, right? Detroit held on to beat Arizona. If I remember Kyler Murray and the Cardinals, I'll have to look it up again. Uh, both those teams are really bad though. I, 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 there's, there's no way I turn around. I'm like, yeah, you know, (laughs) Well, Those, uh, okay, so hot or not, ties in the NFL. In that Arizona and Detroit game ended in a tie. Oh, it was a tie. 27 all. If you if no one is leading after the first overtime, the game just ends in the tie. Do you, do you support that? Are you okay with that? Because you, you get a couple of them every year. Or you take the, the college football route and say you keep going until there's a winner. No, I think you keep going until there's a winner. I do. For the sake of player safety, do you just say, look, we're, just, it's, we, no. we're going to end the game when we're going to end the game? Vince Lombardi once said, it ties like kissing your sister. And if you like kissing your sister, then you need to get off the team. That's what he said. It's <laughs> <laughs> disturbing. So, well, Vince Lombardi had, he was a great coach. He just had some weird sayings. Um. No, I, I, I think you need a winner. I don't think 0-0-1 is... I just think that looks so dumb. Play until you have a winner. My heck. You're getting paid millions. And by the way, but how does the Lions let 8... You know, hot or not, I like that. Lions, you let 18 points... Uh, Sorry, you let Cardinals score 18 points on you? In the fourth? <laughs> you were up... You're up 17 to 6 going into the fourth, and you can't hold the lead. Tie at 24 going overtime, and you end up in a tie. Yeah, Kyler Murray early in the game just looked bad. Yeah, yeah. And then as the game progressed, he's, he dialed it up. In the, he's going to learn. In the fourth quarter. Yeah, it's going to take some time. He's going to, he, he'll learn. I think he'll be all right. Uh, how about the 49ers pounding on Tampa Bay? I mean, Jameis Winston, 20 of 36 for 194 and a touchdown, but, man, those Niners, jeez. Like, back in the good old days, I, I used to know when you used to uh, watch the Niners and you just, you know they were going to win, and they are going to win by a lot. And it's, I, I mean, I can't tell you the last time I actually I felt like that. Or at least well, there, was, of- there was a lot of talk in the offseason about uh, Bruce Arians and how well he would do to help Jameis Winston and kind of revitalize Tampa Bay. Gosh, no, it. Wasn't the case at all. Uh, another hot or not? I, I um, the Jets are not. <laughs> Absolutely are not. It, the the they Bills are, are so not necessarily a great team. Freaking, but the bad. Jets. There was a lot of talk about the Jets kind of revitalizing some things and having some new hope. Well, <laughs> they let the Bills score two touchdowns. Unless Joe Namath is coming quarter. through that door. Unless Mark Sanchez of 2009 is coming through that door, unless Curtis Martin is coming through that door, the Jets are going to Jets. Former Wyoming Cowboy Josh Allen was the only signal caller for Buffalo. Yeah. Not a great performance. No. 254 yards, a touchdown, and two interceptions. Uh, But Sam Darnold, there was a lot of hope that he could kind of revitalize things there and that Minnesota Atlanta game was kind of intriguing. Uh, on one side, okay, let me let I mean, put your blindfold on for a second here and just hear the numbers, and then I'll ask you a question. Matt Ryan goes thirty-three of forty-six for three hundred four yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Kirk Cousins eight of ten, ninety-eight yards, one touchdown, no picks. Who do you think won and by how much? I would think Atlanta won by. Two touchdowns. Right? Uh, with a blindfold on, obviously you know who won. Minnesota 28-12 winners over Atlanta. How the heck 
Do you throw the ball 46 times? No, wait, timeout. How do you throw the ball 10 times and score 28, 28 points? Like, at some point you're saying, hey, look, it's, it's, it's third and 15. They're going to throw it. Nope, let's hand off to Dalvin Cook and gain 20. <laughs> Cook was a monster. 21 carries, 111 yards, 5.3 average per carry, two touchdowns. Just unreal, man. How do you... Yeah, that just amazes me. <laughs> and they still won. Atlanta, dude, ever since that Super Bowl debacle, they have just been flat. I mean, they've plateaued. I don't know how long Mike Smith will keep his job. No, it's not Mike Smith. Who is it now? What's his bucket? I can't remember the head coach's name. He sucks, though. <laughs> can't even keep a 28-3 to lead. Uh... The, uh, how about the Rams-Panthers? This is another game. I I didn't get to see all this. I only got to see highlights last night, but Christian McCaffrey, dude. What an he, animal. Man, Stanford was like no joke. 19 carries, 128 yards, two touchdowns, and they still lose because their quarterback's Cam Newton. Well, it wasn't just that with uh, what it did in the rushing, um, but he also caught some passes. 10 catches, 81 yards. Both, By the way, both team highs. Yesterday. So your running back was not only your leading rusher, but he was your leading receiver. What the crap, Carolina? And that Rams defense may not be as good anymore. Yeah, that surprised me what what they were able to allow. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. Uh, did you see uh, Patrick Mahomes' no-look pass to Kelsey that went 25 yards over his head? No. When Kel- you didn't see this? No. So... Kelsey runs like a flat, I mean, like a five-yard out, and for whatever reason, Jaguars just don't even cover him. I mean, don't even cover him. So Patrick Mahomes steps up in the pocket, runs up just a little bit, and then tries his dumb A, no-look throw. Kelsey's wide. I mean, there is uh, not a Jaguar within four yards of him, and he overchucks him by like 10 yards. <laughs> and Kelsey like looks at him like, are you kidding me? And Mahomes just goes like this, pats himself on the chest. My bad, my bad. Well, no crap, dude. Throw the damn ball. You don't have to know this isn't basketball. Just throw the ball, man. Get it on target. Could you imagine if Tom Brady threw a no look pass to Edelman and missed him by fifteen yards? What Belichick would do? Hey, Stidham, you're in for the rest of the night. I know you're a rookie, but I got a starting quarterback who's won six Super Bowls who thinks he can throw no look passes. Call. Just throw the ball, Patrick. And then, like, everyone's like, oh, you know, all the Bleacher Report and House of Highlights or whatever, like, hey, look at this no-look pass. And they do it in slow motion, and you just see the ball oversail Kelty. And Kelty just kind of stops, <laughs> watches the ball like, what the? <laughs> it was kind of funny. Oh, man. Hey, uh, Eagles Redskins, this one was kind of interesting. Eagles, um, Deshaun Jackson, eight catches. 154 gosh dang yards and two touchdowns. Wow. Good heck. And by the way, they were down 20 to 7 going in half. <laughs> and wow, then they, yeah. I mean, and then they, I mean, Case Keenan for Washington, 30 to 44, 380 yards and three touchdowns. But, uh, man, I, Carson Wentz is, man, there's a reason why they kept him. That's for dang sure. Yeah. Hey, is no. Nick Foles out, by the way? Do we know an injury report on him? I, Jaguars quarterback, speaking of Eagles, I know he got injured. I don't know how serious it is. I hope it's not serious, but anyways. Uh, that I don't know. Uh, Carson Wentz, 28-39, 313, three touchdowns, no picks. Huh. It's not bad. No, not not bad. In case Keenum was okay. Yeah, he, just, he didn't have any turnovers either, did he? No. I mean, he had a decent game himself. Oh, 30 of 44, 380, three touchdowns, no picks, and they still lost. They had, like, no rushing attack. Wow. 28 total yards rushing for Washington. Wow. That's NFC East football for you, though. <laughs> um, speaking of NFC East, uh, Cowboys look like they got their crap together. Congratulations to them. Thanks to Dak Prescott, who I said you would not win or contend in a Super Bowl with 
with uh, Dak alone. Eagles 25 of 32 for 405 yards and four TDs. Yeah, they looked really good. 35-17. That was and that, the game, and the game they, wasn't even that close. No, they looked good, but New York just also looked really bad. They do. I feel bad for like their defensive coverages were consistently horrible in the middle of the field. Are we are we too harsh to compare him to Barry Sanders in this regard? That he has an incredibly bad offensive line, but he's a great running back. Is he going to be a Barry Sanders? Um, Or does he, or are we in the day and age where Saquon will get out and say, I need to go play for someone who's going to not have to make me carry the ball 40 times and get drilled by linebackers coming up a blitz because you guys can't cover for me? So it's a fair question. I don't know. Uh, (laughs) Eventually, New York's going to make a quarterback change. It's just a matter of when. Uh, and will that be much of a difference, or is it still just? It won't matter who's back there because that offensive line is so porous. And how does that? Will a, a quarterback change really change uh, Saquon Barkley and how effective he is? Uh, maybe not too much, but at least it takes some of the pressure off of him. If there's somebody who can deliver the ball and spread it around a bit. So, I don't know. It was an interesting opening weekend of the NFL. Of course, you got a a doubleheader tonight. Texans at the Saints. Broncos at the Raiders. Uh, Saints favored by six and a half. Raiders by, or excuse me, Broncos by three. And um, the, the, the NFL is interesting because, for me, because this, the, the talent level is, is insane with some of these guys that are out there. Some of the catches that they're making, some of the moves that they're making. Um, but even all that being said, you still have teams like the Browns that find ways to, this new ways to be stupid and to look bad. So, welcome to 2019 NFL. Hey, speaking of 2019, um, I, I got to jump on this really quickly. Eric Woodyard, uh, who does great work, who I, I think he's going to ESPN, by the way. Um, wrote an article uh, based on the whole. So, you know, uh, for jazz fans who've been jazz fans since 1970 or whatever, um, there's been that no headband role. Start with Frank Layden, went through Jerry Sloan, Tyrone Corbin, you know, the included it, tucked in shirts, all the whole thing. Quinn Snyder is allowing headbands on the team now, starting with Mike Conley. But he said the reason why he's giving it to Mike Conley is because he proves that he's a good basketball player and can do it. Now, if a rookie comes in and wants to wear a headband, I think Quinn's going to be like, dude, how about you actually score a bucket or two before you come and wear a headband? Okay, speaking of headgear, uh-huh. there's this, uh, <clears throat> they call it the ninja-style headwear. Oh, I did hear about this. You know, it's kind of a long bandana, they tie it behind their head and let it drape out. Uh, Jimmy Butler did it a lot. Uh, Drew Holiday did it some. Uh, a, couple of the, a couple guys in the NBA... Uh, did it this last season. Well, the NBA is saying, hey, no more. Can't do that. It's not allowed. Um, there was, and apparently they've, they've never had a quote-unquote formal process <laughs> about headgear. Uh, and so some of these guys like, look, there's no, there's no formal rule that I can or can't, so I'm going to tie a bandana around my head. Um, so they, they let it slide mid-season because they didn't want to create some weirdness in the middle of the season. But now in the off-season, they're saying they've discussed it and they've said no go. So hmm. NBA spokesperson uh, Mike Bass saying the ninja-style headwear is not part of the NBA uniform and has not been through the league approval process. But he said that teams have raised concerns regarding safety and consistency of size, length, and how they are tied, which requires a thorough review before consideration of any rule change. Really? I mean, do you need to have a thorough review about how you <laughs> tie the knot behind your head? <laughs> yeah. This this kind of knot is okay. That kind of knot is not okay. I don't I don't know. 
Anyway, uh, we'll get into some Holy NBA players that were crap. in action. Uh, the Team USA faced Brazil this morning. We'll update you on what happened there. Utah State just added another neutral site game, and it's a dandy. Ooh, yes, that just happened. Just got that news uh, just released by the university. We'll update you on what that is. Uh, Region 11, what happened in Region 11 on Friday night? And uh, current standings, who is going to win the Berta Berta? I hate you. Play of the game. Go choke on a Berta Berta. <laughs> the bread and butter play of the game from the Skyview football game. We want to give away four loaves of bread. No, we don't. If you can call in and correctly identify what the bread and butter play of the game, courtesy of the old grist mill, what that play was in the Skyview game this last Friday, correctly identify what it was, and we will get you four loaves of bread from the old grist mill. 435-752-1069. We'll continue to discuss that uh, uh, the 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 excuse me the Utah State news, what happened in Region Eleven. And uh, what would that bread and butter play of the game was from Friday? Coming up next here on the Full Court Press. The Aggies are number one here. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Eric Franson, AJ Salveson. We'll get into the Aggie game coming up next hour. We'll get into more details about what we observed Saturday night. Beautiful night for football in the stadium. Fun win for the Aggies. Uh, Before we do that, Blake Griffin on his Twitter account this afternoon. I love that someone at the NBA had to type the words, quote, ninja-style hardware, close quote, and consistency of size and length as their job today. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, it's not good. Yeah, so the NBA today... Uh, issuing a memo about these headbands, which I don't, I didn't see them as a ninja style headband, but maybe I'm apparently not into ninjas bad. enough. Uh, but uh, you you saw Jimmy Butler do it on a number of occasions. A couple other guys that that would do it: uh, Drew Holiday, Montrez Harrell, apparently Carl Anthony Towns, a couple times Jarrett Allen. Um. But it's like a, it's a headband. You tie it off behind you, and it drapes down. But the NBA saying, "quote The ninja style headwear is not part of the NBA uniform." And later on, teams have raised concerns regarding safety and consistency of size, length, and how they are tied, which requires a thorough review for consideration of any rule change. Oh, jeez. Hey, you think Joel wore a headband? Joe Ingles. He did wear one because he had to. Got taped up. Hit a couple of big three-point shots after that, if I'm not mistaken. Hey, want to give a shout-out to Corey Martin. Corey Martin was quick on the dial. Yes. We had a number of people calling in today as opposed to what happened a week ago. But uh, today we had a number of callers to uh, correctly identify what the Skyview High School sports Burra Burra play of the game was. Dude, you're not Cur- even saying it right. Courtesy of the old grist mill. Did In I- fact, one of the callers said, hey, have you got the Burra Burra play of the game yet? Okay, that guy is no longer allowed to call in and win any awards. <laughs> that made me laugh. That's awesome. What was his name? Tell me his name. <laughs> I can tell you. But congratulations, Corey Martin. He got it right. Here's what the old grist mill bread and butter play of the game was. For Skyview, they were on the six-yard line Walter Collins took a handoff and ran 94 yards for a touchdown. That gave Skyview a 17 to nothing lead with five and a half in the first quarter. Uh, Collins overall had a great night. Of course, when you have one play go for 94 yards, you're going to have a good night. Yeah, it helps you. But uh, he ended up with over 200 yards rushing for the Bobcats. So Corey Martin correctly identified that first, so he wins the four loaves of bread. Speaking of Region 11, so in that Skyview game, late in the game, Skyview had the game in control, dominating the game. Late in the game, Mason Falslove is still in there, takes the ball, runs the ball, gets tackled, hurts his shoulder, has to be taken out of the game. I don't know the extent of the injury, but I looking know at it, it looks like he, he's was probably going to miss some time. I want to know what the heck Skyview was thinking. 
If you're up that big, sit your quarterback. I don't care how big of an ego Mason has. Sit your quarterback and say, you know what? We're going to have you rest. We got region play coming up, and we've and, it, and it's, it's a gauntlet, and we're going to need you for that. Because now, guess what, Eric? Green Canyon's going to absolutely flatten Skyview. Green Canyon looks really good, and they're going to absolutely tear the roof off on Skyview's, on Skyview's home. And, I mean, it's, it's going to be bad. Because your best player on your team is out because late in the game when you're up comfortably, when you know there's no chance that you can lose that game, you go ahead and you keep your best player in? It's okay to leave him in if he's just in the pocket, but on a designed rollout, have him run. Well, no. I mean, look. Let the other kids play. I mean, I know it sounds dumb, but if you're up that big, it's preseason. Just well, it's... it's, Get the game over. Yeah. And I I don't know. So... I, mean, I feel bad Sky for Mason. Skyview won 45-33. And I hope he's okay. But, man, but he's, he's, pr- he's probably going to miss some time. I don't know how much. Uh, I, I've, heard, I've heard a few weeks. I've heard three weeks at least. That's what I've heard. But that puts you out for Green Canyon, which, by the way, is probably going to be your reading championship shot. Green Canyon Four and took oh. care of business Four and oh. against Box Elder. A, the Box Elder team that's terrorized other Region 11 teams. Yeah. Yeah, they beat Bear River. They beat Mountain Crest. That's not saying much. Um, but, yeah, the Green Canyon's legit. Carter White on defense has been a menace. Uh, how is this new quarterback coming in from the running back spot? You know, everyone said that this Dagger kid, would, you know, missing him would really do some damage to this offense. Quite the contrary. I mean, it's 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 been incredible what they're doing. Tanner Watson on the receiving end has been phenomenal. Uh, that, that Green Canyon team, if... If they can run the table, they'll beat Skyview because there's no Mason. If they can compete with Ridgeline and slow down on that offense, they have a definite chance, an absolute definite chance of being undefeated going into the state tournament. Uh, Bear River played Morgan really tough for the first yeah, half. they certainly did. Really close. Morgan's a team that's just, what, about 50 points a game this season is what they've been averaging. Yeah. And Bear River was playing them Really, pretty tough in keeping the score in their uh, uh, in just a close contest. Not a lot of points scored, but Morgan turned it around and uh, dialed it up in the second half. Um, so Bear River loses that one, thirty-seven to seventeen. Bear River at Ridgeline. It's Ridgeline's homecoming on on Friday, and uh, Ridgeline's the team that lost. They lost to Highland sixteen to thirteen, but they didn't have uh, the Demuni kid. Out there uh, as their key running back, and he's a dynamic running back for him that makes a lot of things happen. So they missed missed him, and there was a couple of plays where uh, there were some dropped balls that were right there in the numbers, should have been able to convert and uh, uh, killed some of those drives for Ridgeline. So again, disappointing loss for the Riverhawks. They felt like they had a chance to win. Yeah, I Ridgeline's gonna be a Ridgeline's gonna be a problem in the state tournament no matter where they end up. If it's first, second, third, fourth, whatever, that team's gonna be an absolute handful to have to deal with for anybody in the state tournament. And I wouldn't want to have to be that first round team. Um they're they're very well coached by by Travis Van Leeuwen. They 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 play well. Uh for the most part they can execute. And I feel like offensively they've been all right. Like you had that massacre at Farmington. I think a lot of teams are going to be dealing with that when they play Farmington, but um, I like a lot of things about Ridgeline. That's that's going to be a wild card during state. I, that really is coming out of Region 11. Box Elder gets to try to contend with Farmington this week. Yeah, Box Elder is going to struggle with Farmington, if you ask me. Uh, and then Mountain Crest, and uh, we'll be facing Logan this week. Mountain Crest, Bonneville, you were there, AJ. What? More offense from Mountain Crest this week than they've been able to manage for the last couple of weeks. But defensively, what, what I thought that that was supposed to be the strength of the Mustangs is their defense. Yeah, it's not. And we figured that out by game two. That is just, it's not a strength for them. Um, I think offensively, they, they played pretty well. But again, turnovers, dude. Just turnovers, turnovers, turnovers. That is, like, you can push rewind and play on my report of them last week. That's what you can do. Because that's really what it's been. Um, it's unfortunate too. Uh, it's I think that was a winnable game. It's kind of a weird game too. They were down twenty-one-six, scored twenty-two unanswered, so they're up by seven. 
and then didn't score in this. And that was all in the first half. They didn't score in the second half. They got shut out in the second half, twenty to zip. And and I think all three of those possessions came off or points came off of turnovers. And they just you, you can't do that. You just can't turn over the ball late in the game on the plus side of the field. That's that's been a huge issue for them and. It continues to stick them in the crowd. Look, and I'll be flat out honest, and I don't know if I'm allowed to say it on the air, but I will. Um, if they don't beat Logan this Friday for homecoming, they're not winning another game the rest of the year because Ridgeline can put up points, and I'm talking about like 30 to 40 points when they want to, when they can. Uh, Mountain, uh, not Mountain. Uh, Skyview uh, is is still. I did, I think Skyview even without Mason is still better than Mountain Crest. And, and Green Canyon is obviously the cream of the crop in this region. So, uh, and Bear River is, is still pretty balanced. I still think Bear River is about as balanced as you can ask for. Um, so it's, yeah, but I just, I, I don't think Mount Crest needs to beat Logan. That's all I'll say. Logan had a tough go on Saturday, a rare Saturday afternoon game. This was down in Las Vegas, middle of the day in Las Vegas. Uh, heat, uh, unfamiliar territory, uh, an opponent that was. Aggressive, very aggressive. Desert Pines did two onside kicks early in the game, and so out of nowhere, and they covered them both. Out of no, yeah, out of oh, nowhere, man. they were up twenty-one to nothing on on the Logan Grizzlies. Oh man, so they ended up losing forty-two to three on a Saturday afternoon. Those are tough to play, though. I don't think people realize how hard those games can be to play, especially as a high school kid. You're in Vegas. It's the heat of the day. You're playing, like you said, unfamiliar territory. Can be tough. Uh, I also want to mention um, nice performances by Preston, twenty-four to yeah. fourteen over Jerome. Yeah, uh, they're going up against a team that's really struggled this year. Uh, next week, Canyon Ridge, uh, and I feel bad for Westside. This was a team that lost seven to six, and by the accounts that I was able to follow as the game was going on, multiple times they were in the red zone. And they had to go for it on fourth down. Apparently, they don't have a field goal kicker to save their life. Really? Because there were multiple times they could have kicked field goals and didn't get them. And so they, they ended up losing 7-6 to six to a Snake River team, which is not really that great. But mm. Westside has had a great tradition so it was, uh, of, of football success. So that's too bad that they got that, uh, that loss got away from them. Yeah, I'd say. Dang it. Um, with all this being said with high school football – Want to mention? Or we've got this Cash Valley Preps Pick'em, Cash Valley Media Group Preps Pick'em contest that we're oh, doing, yeah. presented by the Logo Shop, Booster Club headquarters for Who's our school winner? competitive and club teams. But this last week we had a somebody do perfect ten and zero. All of her picks were correct. What? Ashley Jenks, also known as Aggie Girl, had the highest overall score this past week of one thousand ninety four points. So. She won a hundred dollar gift card to McDonald's. Good for her. No, that's gonna if get you can go used, ten and zero. You deserve it. I mean, that's awesome. Uh, and because she's the weekly winner, she's also automatically qualified as a finalist for the grand prize. And that's going to be a sixty five inch four K TV from Lens Audio and Video. I'm eighteen and thirteen. I'm in fourteenth place. I'm struggling overall for kids. the season. Yeah. You're, you're, you're ahead of me. You're doing better than I am. By four spots. You're 17 and 15. Yeah, it's not great. Got to do better. Where's AJ at? No, much lower than that. I'm so glad you picked him as an expert. What a great idea. <laughs> uh, by the way, get your picks in this week before 5 o'clock Friday. Oh, geez. Farmington's at Pox Elder. Yes. Jeez. Oh, uh, the prize this week, if you have the highest score, a $100 gift card to Locker 42. So... That's awesome. Great picks, uh, great prizes. It's a different prize every week. And uh, if, you, if you haven't even participated yet, it's okay. You can still register. You can still make your picks. And there's a chance you could win this week's prize and be entered as a finalist for the grand prize from Locker42. We've got the links, how to find it, uh, how to find the contest. Just go to 1069thefan.com. On the uh, right-hand side there, you'll see the links for our Preps Pick'em Contest. So go check that out. Who make do you your think picks. would win in a war, a dragon or a Trojan? I would take the dragon. Okay, I'm going to pick the Trojans to win then. <laughs> All right. You do that. <laughs> uh, coming up next, let's talk about Team USA. They had a game today against Brazil. 
uh, a Brazilian team that knocked off Greece and talked a lot of trash about Giannis Antetokounmpo. Were they able to do the same against the Americans? We'll update you on that coming up next on the Full Court Press. Interviews, analysis, and a little bit of fun mixed in. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric Franson, Ajay Salveson, Full Court Press rolling on. Team USA played earlier this morning. They took, uh, uh, this was in Shenzhen, part of the FIBA World Cup going on in China, took on Brazil, and Team USA with the victory, 89-73. to I kind of get the sense that this team is becoming more and more comfortable with the FIBA World Cup and how it's being played. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're starting to kind of... And that was a thing like in 04 or 06, I believe, in that uh, loss to Greece um, to, in the Olympics. I, I, I think like they they were learning the same thing. Um, not in the Olympics, in the FIBA tournament, excuse me, I believe. Uh, but they were learning the same thing. Like, this is how the roles are. This is the style of play. This is what we need to adjust to. And guys like Carmelo, LeBron, Chris Paul, um, Dwayne Wade, they were all kind of learning that system as well in FIBA because it's different than the NBA. And it took them a little bit. Once they got it down, they were unbeatable. And I think that's the case here is they're starting to get used to it. It's, t- it's still taking them a bit, but uh, congratulations to them after their uh, after their win over uh, this morning over Brazil. They have now qualified for the Olympics in Tokyo for 2020. Think about that, man. A team consisting of Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, Donovan Mitchell, Kemba Walker, Jalen Brown. They just qualified for the Olympics. Which is nice to have that done now so you don't have to go through a similar type of tournament in qualifiers ahead of the Olympics next year. So there are only eight teams left now that will advance to this final phase of the FIBA World Cup. Uh, Before we talk about who's... Who is who else is in this? Just a re- quick recap of what happened early this morning. Donovan Mitchell was not the didn't score the most. It was actually Miles Turner and Kemba Walker who really led Team USA, both with 16 points. But Donovan did a lot of things for the Americans. Six points, six rebounds, seven assists, uh, one block. Uh, so he he was tied with Kemba Walker with the best plus minus. Uh, there was a reflection of who was the most effective while they were on the court. So it was a nice performance by Donovan Mitchell, but Team USA getting a lot of uh, contributions from a lot of different guys. Um, and I'm happy, especially happy to see Miles Turner coming along and playing well. He'll he'll need to, especially when they play France in the uh, the this fu- next stage of the FIBA World Cup. Uh, who do they got? Do we know yet? Yeah, they'll oh, play yeah, they France. Got France. Yeah. Rudy so, Gobert. Yeah, yeah, Rudy Gobert. Who, <laughs> they got beat by, in a, in a really thrilling game, they got beat by Joe Ingles and the uh, Boomers. Yeah, that was a really Boy, close Joe matchup. Joe loves to talk. Wow. I had no idea. <laughs> you <laughs> he, had no idea. He really does. Well, he loves it. I mean, dude, he, he I mean, it's, it's almost like a Spain-Europe pick and roll. He comes off the roll from right to left, goes down the middle of the lane, gets a lefty layup to go over Rudy Gobert, and then just stops and stares at him. <laughs> and Rudy's like, dude, like, what, what What? do you want? Rudy had basketball. eight points, four rebounds, six assists, and fouled out. And yeah, two he did. Blocks. He, dude, he was ticked about that, that last foul, too. He was livid. Joe Ingles, 23 points. Patty Mills had 30. Oh, but Joe Ingles had 23 points. Uh, two rebounds, two assists, and uh, one steal. If Australia faces U.S. again, Australia will win. I really think that. Uh, they've got a lot of confidence. Dude, they are playing with some swag. But this France team is no joke either. Look, they've got some serious height, some that U.S. doesn't have. They've got very physical guards. Those guards are not scared at all to be up in your grill, to be in your biz. And if that's the case, you... I mean, it's just... How can those you know, guards handle? I know Marcus Smart isn't great with handling that. Donovan Mitchell isn't is still working on that, dealing with a physical guard like that. So, uh, yeah. yeah, that could be a really intriguing matchup. Wednesday morning, right? 
what time they play? Uh, yes, I yeah, believe Wednesday. That's, okay. that's correct. They have the day off tomorrow, and then they play Wednesday. Yeah, okay. Uh, so the other teams that are involved, the other, uh, I guess the other six, it'll be Argentina versus Serbia. Really interesting matchup there. You have the best defensive team against the best offensive team in that matchup. Spain versus Poland, and then Australia versus Czech Republic. Uh, so Team USA is on the same bracket side as Serbia. Uh, so they won't see Australia, potentially, if they do, until the championship, championship. game. But that uh, if they can get past France, Serbia is going to be a big challenge. Yeah, Serbia could be fun. I'm t- I like when the U.S. is tested, though. This is good for these guys to be... You know, in in a, in a in an atmosphere where nobody nobody wants you to win. Even today, dude, like Brazil. I mean, it was all Brazil. I mean, you're you hear all sorts of chants of like defense and such, just cheering for Brazil. And and that's that's the way it's going to be the rest of the way. Nobody wants the U.S. to win this 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 thing. Um, and 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 it's good for those players too. Feels a hostile hostile environment. Yeah, the game will be uh, USA versus France will be on Wednesday. It'll be really early in the morning, our time. Hmm. Uh, so that'll be the first of two games that day. The Australia-Czech Republic game is the later game mm-hmm. uh, that day. So, yeah, uh, that'll be an interesting one as, after it's all said and done. what uh, it, This is a lose and you're done. Yeah, now you're in the... It's, it's uh, win and you advance. Yep, yep. Now you're in the, uh, I mean the, the survival mode. Hey, last question, um, and I ask this just because I'm your friend. Uh, Eric, are you rolling? I am rolling. You are? I've been rolling the whole hour, and I'll I'm roll Dan more Patrick, the next hour as well. This is above the noise. The Monday after week one in the NFL was one of the biggest overreaction days in the sports calendar. Today's no exception. If you read the headlines or listen to the radio, you'll probably hear the following. Patriots look unbeatable. Cowboys are for real. Lamar Jackson's going to be a star. And the Browns are a massive disappointment. Now, don't get me wrong. A few of those things might be true. New England does look amazing, and then they're adding Antonio Brown. Dallas's offensive line is a force to be reckoned with. Baltimore gave Lamar Jackson some real weapons, and it paid off. And the Browns, well, maybe that one is on us. We overhyped them. They have a first-year head coach, potential problems up front with that offensive line. But just remember, lots of weird things happened in the first game last year. As hard as it is... Try to wait a couple of weeks before deciding just how you think 2019's NFL season is going to play out. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.